coming up. It's when they checked this place out, that's when they uh, actually had to call in for a search warrant. So they must have seen something at the time that said, we need to take a, f- a further look into this residence. For Vault Studios, I'm Reed Redmond. You're listening to The Daily Crime. For 18 days in February and March of this year, police in Ohio were searching for 33-year-old Melinda Davis. Then, a citizen called in with a tip. They got a tip from a citizen in that area and, and acted on it. I'm joined by Clay Gordon, anchor and reporter with 10TV in Columbus, Ohio. Clay, first off, tell me about Melinda Davis. What do we know about her life before she went missing? Hey, Reed, thanks for having me. Uh, unfortunately, sa- the sad truth here is we don't know much. We we were giving a, a description from police that, you know, she's five feet tall. She's white, brown hair, brown eyes. From a few pictures that they released, she's got some tattoos on her arms, um, on her wrists, and that's really it. We have done a couple searches on her. We just have addresses. Besides that, we don't know much about who Melinda Davis was. Mm. So walk me through what happened then on February 25th, this past February, what Melinda's day looked like, at least as far as we knew at the time. Shelby police told us that uh, they got a call around uh, just after noon that uh, a 33-year-old woman was missing. Um, Now, we've looked into it. uh, She was either from Shelby or Mansfield, just depending on uh, what address is the most current. Um, but that was the last time they, she was heard from, from either friends or family. We don't know who called in the tip. We don't know who called the missing persons report in. Um, although we do know that Shelby police went over to where they think she was heading, which was 592 Cliffside Drive in Mansfield, which uh, that is the home of her ex-boyfriend. Investigators have been searching for her since February 25th when Davis was reportedly heading to her ex-boyfriend's home, John Henry Mack Jr., on Cliffside Drive in Mansfield. She was never heard from again. So then she's heard from, we think that she was headed over to this ex-boyfriend's house, and then all of a sudden she's just not responding to calls, messages, she's she's gone? Not really sure about the calls or messages. We haven't heard that yet in the report, but you could assume so, yeah. That's the last time uh, uh, anyone has heard from her or seen her. Um Police actually ended up going to check out this residence at 592 Cliffside uh, just because that was where they were told that she was actually heading. We're not sure if she made it that far. We're not really sure uh, the latest with that. Uh, But Shelby police ended up calling the Richland County Sheriff's Office to go and check out this place. And uh, it's it's when they checked this place out, that's when they uh, actually had to call in for a search warrant. So they must have seen something at the time that said, we need to take a, f- a further look into this residence. And an important detail, or at least a detail that would become important later on, is that not only is Melinda missing, but the last we knew she was driving somewhere. And as far as anyone can tell, at least, you know, on the 25th and the 26th of February, her car is missing too, right? Yeah, that's that's a big factor in it too, because that's one of the things police noted in the report is that the car was not seen at this residence too. So we have Melinda is missing, her car is missing, and they have a a residence that they are starting to look into. Um, And at that time, 
that's when they started to release details about her car uh, for the public to be on the lookout for the vehicle, just in case, you know, maybe they drive by it at the store um, or anything like that. But again, this is fresh. This is a this is a missing persons case, and they're trying to do everything they can to to try to find her. Uh, police released the details of her car as a 2013 black Volkswagen Jetta. They also released a plate number, too. So if anyone was familiar with it, they could see it. It was J. GZ8921. So black Volkswagen Jetta, JGZ8921. That's what everyone was looking for. And you mentioned that law enforcement did go out and do that welfare check and then got a search warrant. And do we know then what happened when they searched this ex-boyfriend's home, where, where things went from there? It appears that they got a search warrant almost immediately to check this home. And uh, what was interesting is they get the search warrant, um, they executed it, and they processed the scene. And that's when we started to hear about a potential suspect in the situation. And that's when they mentioned John Henry Mack Jr., who we did our research, and it appears that he lives at that residence or at least owns that residence. And then they had an arrest warrant out for him. Detectives obtained an arrest warrant for John Henry Mack Jr. for kidnapping. And, you know, a few days later, I think the next week, they were able to pick him up. Mm. And as I understand it, Law enforcement didn't really reveal right away what led to that arrest warrant, what they actually found at the home that made them think something might be wrong. But they do pretty quickly, you know, as this search for Melinda continues, they come out and say they think she's in danger wherever she is. I guess what might that have suggested about the search efforts and about their investigation at that point? Well, I think the first thing was uh, the U.S. Marshal Service says that they arrested Mac Jr. Um, and he's accused of kidnapping. Mm. Okay, okay, that's you know pretty pretty obvious charge potentially um, in, in most cases. However, they didn't find her yet, so um, they made the arrest, accused him of kidnapping. She's nowhere to be found at the time. And meanwhile, the search efforts are continuing. As I understand it, they're you know pretty pretty intense. There's there's some urgency behind it because, you know, they they found him and and she wasn't with him. Do we know what those search efforts looked like? Were there any specific areas of focus or or anything you're hearing from law enforcement as the search goes on? You know, they didn't re- reveal too much about the search effort, although they did release later on uh, at a news conference. Uh, the U.S. Marshal Service said uh, many of these officers, and we're talking, uh, you know, Richland County, Richland County Sheriff's, uh, Shelby Police, the Marshal Service, they said they had sleepless nights for many, many days trying to find her. So it, it made it appear like it was a round-the-clock effort to try to locate uh, missing Melinda Davis. After 18 days of searching then, investigators receive a tip. Tell me, what is the tip and where does it ultimately lead them? Yeah, so 18 days later, um, we kind of picked up the story mainly um really the week after she went missing when the U.S. Marshals made, uh, the Marshal Service made the arrest with Mac Jr. Um, Just, you know, a few days later, that's when we kind of started looking into it because we're like, okay, he's accused of kidnapping. Uh, This woman's still missing. Um, But then we got 
we got an email in the morning um, from the Richland County Sheriff's Office that said there was going to be a significant update to the Melinda Davis uh, missing persons case. So then as a newsroom, we started weighing the option of um, going to Mansfield. So Mansfield is located between Columbus and Cleveland. So we ended up going up there and uh, and then that's when uh, we found everything out. And what is it that you do then learn at this press conference? What was that significant update that that they'd mentioned they'd have? So we get to the sheriff's office and you could tell that it's it's an older building for sure. You walk in, it, it kind of gives you that old f- school feel, like you're entering mm-hmm. like an old high school, a lot of rooms, dark. Uh, then we ended up like kind of snaking through some of the hallways up the stairs to like where the press conference was. And it was bright. All the cameras were set up. Um, the microphones were on the, the podium. And then we're all kind of socially distanced at tables and we're just kind of waiting for, you know, the authorities to come in. And right before they come in, uh, one of the sheriff's deputies started handing out the news release. So mm-hmm. this is, as a reporter, this is exactly what they're about to say. They give it to you a moment before, so just a moment's notice. And I, I just remember um, before the press release, uh, press uh, news conference even started, I just skimmed. I was just skimming through the details. A lot of it I knew from you know past reporting. And then I got down to the bottom where it said, Melinda Davis's body was located in the trunk of the vehicle. And I just snapped a picture of the news release and sent it back to my news team and said, they found her body. And that's that was the significant update. And then the whole news conference ended up being about kind of the very few details that they could release at the time, but they have located her body in the trunk of her vehicle and that the search was over. And of course, this was not the update. This was not the outcome that anyone wanted. Did you learn at that news conference how they'd actually found her? What led them there? Yeah, and that was the first thing that uh, Sheriff Steve Sheldon said of the Richland County Sheriff's Office was, it's a sad day. He, I, I believe he said it started off by saying, you know, this is a sad day because it, it is a sad day. This is a tragic, tragic outcome to a, a missing persons case. Um so they, the sheriff's office said they received a call from the Columbus Police Department. We received a phone call on February the 14th at 6.15 p.m. from the Columbus Police Department who had located the black Jetta with the same license plate at 5690 Zachary Court, Galloway, Ohio. And again, so we're, we're about an hour away from Columbus and they got a, a call. Uh, it was the night before the, the news conference that they have located uh, the car, uh, Melinda Davis's car, that missing 2013 black Volkswagen, that Jetta, uh, that was located at Zachary Court in uh, Galloway, Ohio, which is just west of the city of Columbus. So we're talking about an hour, depending on where she went missing, over an hour away from where she went missing. And I, I guess a citizen, a, a person saw saw the car, recognized it, recognized either the license plate or or just the description of the car, and called police. Major crimes responded. The vehicle was brought back to Richland County to be brought to be processed by uh, Ohio BCI. Melinda Davis's body was located in the trunk of the vehicle. 
They popped the trunk open, and then they found her inside. Did they share any information on the circumstances surrounding her death or um, in the time since? Have you learned how she actually died? No, that's a good question, and um, that we're still asking the same questions. Uh, what they did, and I did ask um, the prosecutor, um, so it's the Richland County prosecutor, Gary Bishop, I asked him at the uh, news conference, you know, what led up to this? Usually they, they would know some details at this point, um, but he pretty much responded by saying, I take that question as uh, asking about motive, and at this time, we don't have anything on that. So we don't know what led up to the situation. We don't know how she went missing, um, but as reporters started kind of peeling back the onion of this news conference and asking more and more questions, we started getting a better picture of what was happening. Um, one of the one of the things that was asked was, uh, what did they see at 592 Cliffside Drive? Again, that's the house of Mac Jr. What did they see at the residence that they were able to get an arrest warrant out? And Prosecutor Bishop said the primary evidence that they found was blood. Primarily blood. So they must have had enough of that to realize that, you know, some kind of crime had happened here. And that's when they were able to pick him up uh, and accuse him of kidnapping. That's before uh, Davis's body was found. So that must have been pretty strong evidence that they found at that residence, at least enough to uh, get a warrant out for his arrest before any other significant updates. One thing that we did ask about um, during this news conference to uh, after the prosecutor said there was primarily blood found at the scene, I asked do you believe this is the uh, scene of the murder? And they could not comment at the time. So another important detail here is we don't know, we know Melinda went missing, but we don't know where she was killed. Um, She was taken, her body at least, was taken an hour, at least an hour away. Um, But we don't know, was she uh, killed in Richland County? Was she killed um, outside of Columbus? when was her body put in the trunk? Um, those are a lot of the details and questions that we still have um, as this uh, investigation is still in its infancy. And you mentioned that investigators weren't discussing a possible motive directly, but it does seem worth noting that as the press conference went on, they do sort of drop some hints, right? Yeah, they do. Uh, a, a reporter did ask something about domestic violence and... Um, you know, the sheriff and the prosecutor both actually responded to that. I remember the sheriff vaguely said, uh, you know, not to get too many details into this case. Without saying too much uh, about this case. Which as a reporter sitting there, like, okay, there's no motive here, but you're just, you're just saying not to get into too many details about this case. We have v- very little details at this point. So anything you give us now is more details into the case. And he said that there has been a uh, growing amount of domestic violence uh, crimes in Richland County in the last year, some of them um, more violent than others. Uh, You know, obviously we are all very concerned about uh, domestic violence in this county. And then uh, the prosecutor, Gary Bishop, came in and said uh, something very similar, too. And he asked that if you 
see someone being abused or in a domestic violence situation, call 911, call his victim advocates, um, do kind of do anything in your power uh, to save someone's life. You mentioned that we don't know much about Melinda Davis yet, but we do know that she was young. She was 33 and we haven't heard from her family quite yet, but I understand they they have at least been notified. Yeah, they, they were notified uh, maybe a few hours before... Um, before everyone was notified. Um, so they found the body in, in her trunk um, the, the night before the news conference. Um, they sent it back up to Mo- Montgomery County do- was doing the autopsy. The autopsy was the morning of the news conference. Uh, Melinda's family uh, found out that day too. Um, so the primary reason the sheriff's office went forward with the news conference was to inform the public, the news media, other law enforcement agencies that uh, the search was over. Um, and they thought it was uh, important enough to get that message out there, even though the investigation is far from over. One other interesting detail that we would learn through this press conference uh, is, according to U.S. Marshal Pete Elliott, at some point in the investigation, he said that John Mack Jr., boasted to investigators that Melinda's body would never be found. And the way he said that in the press conference almost made it seem like to investigators that was sort of a challenge, that if anything, that motivated them to find Melinda. To be honest, that was the first time I heard that was at that news conference. Um, So you could tell I'm sitting there, you know, taking notes on my phone and these details keep coming in. This is coming from um, very few details leading up to it. All we knew at this point was a woman was missing and her ex-boyfriend has been arrested. We didn't, I didn't know any of these details until uh, they started coming out here in this news conference. Uh, but our viewers at home, we were streaming this live. Our viewers at home and myself there in person were equally shocked to hear that detail. Where do things stand then for John Mack Jr. at this point? And where can we expect his case to go from here? So John Mack Jr. is uh, has been officially charged with kidnapping. And I believe uh, Prosecutor Gary Bishop said during the news conference, too, that he was also charged with um, some kind of stolen property that was found at his residence. So an unrelated stolen property case too. Um, he did mention at the end though, that the investigation hasn't been uh, turned over yet to his uh, office, but there will be uh, more charges to come uh, in the weeks ahead. The last thing I want to say is this case is only just beginning. Um, there's been obviously a, a development in the case that was worthy of this press conference. However, I want to stress that the uh, investigation is not concluded. There's still a lot of work to do. The people have been working so hard so far. We'll continue to do that hard work and get this case put together uh, for my office to review. Clay Gordon with 10TV in Columbus, Ohio. You'll have to keep us posted on that. And thanks for taking the time. Thanks, Reed. I appreciate it. And as always, thanks to you for tuning in to another episode of The Daily Crime. We are daily, which means we have five episodes for you every single week, Monday through Friday. So make sure you're subscribed or following the podcast on whatever app you use. If you're interested in hearing more of our shows, head over to vaultstudios.com for a full list. Until next time, for Vault Studios, I'm Reed Redmond.